This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The BHP Podcast is presented by bowhunterplanet.com. Join the hunt. The BHP Podcast is probably presented by Element Outdoors, Cold Steel Knives, HHA Sports, Grind Life Coffee, Skull Hooker, Scott Archery, and Burris Optics. Hey everyone, this is Tim for Bowhunter Planet. Make sure you check out the new podcast, Respect the Game, wherever you find your podcast. The coronavirus has ripped through our society in such a bad way. So I wanted to take a moment to thank the first responders, our nurses, doctors, firemen, policemen, and military for everything they do and giving us a chance to fight this thing with the best of our abilities. Thank you from the BHP family to yours. Dan Johnson, welcome to the show, brother. Dave, my man, it's been a long time. It has, and I actually found pictures to show you today. I brought okay. pictures up. I just downloaded them on purpose so I could share them with you. <laughs> Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. How you doing, dude? How's things going? Oh, this whole Corona deal. Um, like, I love my kids, but nice. <laughs> holy, holy cow, man. This is ridiculous. I've never wanted to sell something so much in my life. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's so funny. Yeah, it's been rough. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you there. The uh, especially like they walk up. My daughter the other day, she comes upstairs. Hey, Daddy, I love you. Good morning. Sits down by me. We start watching the news, and then I hear a little rumbling come from the, the basement. Here comes my son, and he doesn't say a thing. He just looks right at my daughter and just stares at her, and nothing. <laughs> And my daughter's like, stop looking at me. And then from there, it was just like the entire day was ruined. And I was yelling and I turned into oh. dad and it uh, sucked from that point on. Yeah, nice. yeah. My, my, my kids are on a, uh, on a three-day grounded bender. It just keeps getting worse and worse because they, <laughs> well, they just can't seem to get it straight anymore. So um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's been an interesting time for sure. So my kids, uh, Dan, to, my kids like to stay up all hours of the night and uh, sleep during the day. So it'll be two, two thirty, three o'clock, and they're still sleeping. That was great. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a whole other world going on when we're sleeping. You know. Yeah. So, so Dan, welcome to the show. We got uh, Brian Bauer. We got Tim Azarana and Kevin. You can see their names there, so it makes it a little easy for you. Yeah. Um. So Dan, uh, Dan also has a podcast. It's actually a really good podcast called Nine Finger Chronicles. And uh, how long have you had that, Dan? 
that's why that's why right there for those of you guys who don't know <laughs> i've had I, uh, ask that. <laughs> um, I don't know i can't honestly my my brain is so fried from being a, a in-home daycare teacher provider that i like I, I don't even know what's going on right now i i think that let's see i think i started in 2014 or no 2015 or something like that it started the Nine Finger start, Chronicles. today's thursday just fyi right 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 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think i think somewhere around 2015 is when i started the nine finger chronicles blog i think it was like a year after that so i've been doing you know i think i've been close to about 700 or more nine finger chronicles podcasts wow, wow. holy awesome. cow yeah so awesome. it's been a while i don't know if i can handle that much tim especially you i don't know if i can handle you that long yeah no doubt no doubt i was gonna say the way that you work it's like a dog though you know i'm sure i'm sure it's something um so what what has been a what has has it been hard to get away from and i'm gonna bring it up and and we're gonna talk about anyway but is it hard to get away from the whole coronavirus covid19 conversation when you're doing all these conversation i think that's one thing that we've kind of realized is like we tried to avoid it at first right because we're trying to bring other people topics and things to listen to outside of what's going on in the world but it always seems to come back at some point to that yeah i think uh, get it back tim right right now i'm just mentioning it i mean it's just the in the intros of every episode that i've been recording lately it's been a really uh it's just been a real brief topic but once we get into the meat and potatoes of every episode you know, it just tends to go away and just becomes another episode. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They did, we, we they did do that. need that break. You know, they, they need to, we need to hear something different and some, some good news out there. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw you did do one on uh, the, the effects on uh, conservation though with COVID yeah. and not to get into that whole uh um, thing, but I didn't, I didn't hear that. What was the, like the gist of that one? Yeah. So right now, uh, all over the country, I think it's like April, May, June, and July, maybe even going into August, a majority of conservation organizations are having their fundraising events, their banquets, um, gatherings, and this Corona deal is canceling all of those, oh, right? Wow. So, so all of that income that these conservation organizations rely on are literally struggling to stay afloat because that income has not come in okay oh man yeah, right never thought about that yeah yeah we we got to get some of these uh hunters to do a concert for conservation yeah yeah except uh the, a lot of those play, things they're doing that and they can't because they're not you know they can't do the yeah. they can't they can't have gatherings yeah they'll do it live like this yeah like, like the uh <laughs> like the garth brooks one on that on the podcast or something oh well we need ones who hunt that's the big thing who want to promote yeah. hunting yeah we need right. the 10 nugents right. of the world yeah. to step yeah. up speaking, <laughs> speaking of hunting you got you got turkey that you're that's coming up you're doing some turkey hunting or what oh man it's it's just really weird right now so most you know I, i'm just thankful that this thing didn't happen in september october november or yeah. i wouldn't be going on all of my hunts uh my wife, obviously, she's working from home full time, so I have to play daddy daycare. And then when she starts working, you know, like typically we take time off or I take time off to go do my hunting and she stays home with the kids. But now that 
like my mother-in-law or my dad really can't come and watch the kids because of this whole social distancing yeah. thing. Um, I, I'm kind of limited to really close to the house for short periods of time. So I think Saturday, uh, I'm going to go and give her a shot for, you know, a couple days and see what happens, uh, as far as uh, get going and chasing a Turkey, but it's going to be limited time. It's going to be close to the house and, uh, it's going to be fast paced this year. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely excited to get out. You have no idea. <laughs> Does that change up your normal routine? I mean, where you're going to go hunt this year? I mean, is it new territory for you? Well, it's not necessarily new territory. So, uh, typically every single year, uh, we have kind of a, a turkey camp at my mom and stepdad's house where all the family comes in. We all go out. We do our, our turkey hunts in the morning. My wife comes with me. My mom watches the kids and my stepdad goes and does his thing. And then my stepbrother, he goes and does his thing. And then we all kind of congregate after the hunt back at the house and we play cards and oh, we, cool. Uh, play cards we have kind of a buffet kind of a like a, a potluck and then you know do that every day for three or four days and this year just uh not in the books uh, yeah 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 there's yeah. some changes i think you know going around here where we we're all hoping i think at first that you know come may because may is the bigger part of when we we do turkey hunting it starts in april but i think we, we typically go out in may and you know, we're, we're thinking here um, at this point, we don't even know if that's going to happen. And even if it does, it's not going to be the group of them, you know, that, that we're used to. So right. we're making plan Bs and, you know, in some cases canceling, and, you know, it, it, but it is what it is. I mean, we, we make the best of it. And, you know, you, you, you just, you, you're going to get outside in some form. If you want. At this point, <laughs> at this point, I just want to get outside. Like I don't oh, even, I saw walk to the woods. Yeah. I, I'm, I'd be happy to just walk the woods with my bow. If I see a turkey, cool. Yeah. Uh, either way, <laughs> I, I just want to get the out there. The good thing is, though, that I've made a promise to my daughter, right? I don't know if she'll be coming out at first light with me, but she's seven years old this year. And nice. I, pro I promised her that she could come and spend some time in the blind with me this year. Oh, so really cool. I'm looking forward to getting her out of the house. And, you know, for me, a win would just be maybe her seeing one strut or maybe hearing a gobble up close. And uh, I really don't, I've killed enough Turkey in my day to where I really don't care if I ever get one again, to be honest with you. But uh, it's just something. Where, that, do, where do you live? What state? Iowa. Oh, okay. Cool. Small buck state. Oh, yeah. There you go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> very good. <laughs> About moving to Michigan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danny this conversation. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Yeah. I'll change your houses in October. In October. <laughs> it's funny because I took my son out. I think he was eight when I took him turkey hunt for the first time. And honestly, I I didn't think he'd actually like. We went out there and I was hoping for like the small stuff, but he ended up shooting a turkey. Nice. <laughs> I couldn't believe it with a crossbow. He ended up getting it. I was like, oh my god. That's uh, awesome. But yeah, worked out a lot better than I thought it would the first time. But. Yeah, he's so the best, he's the best hunter of us all. He actually is. He hasn't missed. He he's never missed a deer actually, or a turkey. He's never missed yet in in action. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, somebody so asked the question. Somebody asked the question on Facebook. It says, "You guys know how many states that are having spring hunting that's being affected by this?" I can only think of a couple. I thought I heard Missouri was closed for hunting or something. There are several states that I've heard where non-residents are not allowed. Yeah. Come in. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So, for right. example, uh, Nebraska, 
they, they had a hard cutoff on non-resident license. So if you bought your license and you're a non-resident, you can still go. But if you didn't buy it yet, there was a cutoff date and no, no way you can make it in and go, go Turkey. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I think I heard that for some of the Midwest states, uh, it was either Indiana, Illinois, or Ohio, one of them, or multiple ones, kind of a similar thing. Um, not No non-resident, you know, hunting. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've been doing a lot of uh, cooking at home lately, obviously. Uh, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, I mean, I mean it in this, in this way, I've kind of went back to my eighth grade diet where it's just like chicken nuggets, corn dogs, you know, things that the kids eat and I just eat off their plate while, you know, I, me and my wife, we very rarely sit down for a lunch anymore or you know tonight i'm up here while she's down there with the knuckleheads and mm. it's uh uh but i tell you what i have this year more than ever been cooking a lot more wild game than normal so like yeah. a lot of venison uh, a lot of uh, substituting uh ven or beef for venison and uh getting into the i guess the whole wild game lifestyle a little bit more Awesome. So, yeah. what, what's your favorite meal you've made out of that wild game? Game. Do you, uh, do you eat this baby? Hey, hey, no lie, no lie. <laughs> Look at that. What, yeah, what is it? What is baby. It? Yeah, that's the oh, hand. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> how, how, how are your legs feeling in this picture? Oh, oh, looks like I got <laughs> looks like I got peppered with a shotgun. <laughs> what do they so, call chickers so or something? Chiggers, oh. chiggers. Oh my oh, god, no. everybody got them but me. It was the yeah. funniest thing. You had ever. Sawyer, you had though, Sawyer right? though, right? That's why no one else had the Sawyer. Like, what are you talking about? What is that? I'm like, dude, I'm like, seriously, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So did you funny. eat that thing? No, uh, I think they uh, donate these. No, it dude, wasn't like no, dude. I, I brought it back. Oh, you did take back. it, didn't yep. you? Yep. I had some. I had some of the most kick-ass street tacos. Street tacos with like a oh, made, like a mango triple stay salsa on salsa it. on it. Oh, it was money. I think just just real quick, I think somebody's got their their volume up too loud. So I'm hearing an echo every time. Somebody no, I th I think it's when Dave shares his screen, it does it. Uh, Oh, I think I know why. I got it. My bad. It's, it's using the why. audio off the computer. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So that's a Rhea. Yep. You know, that's a high fence that Rhea. Rhea. That's a high fence Rhea. <laughs> Fenced Rhea. All right. So hold on. Let me show you. Did, did you. did you get it mounted? What, I mean, what'd you do? Just take no. the leather, make a hat out of it? <laughs> no, I wish, man. It. I, uh, <laughs> oh, that guy. Uh, my boy hands down best mullet i've ever seen in my life yeah this dude's that got the best right mullet dude yeah but i made some kick-ass street tacos with it um like a uh a coleslaw a, a mango coleslaw uh tripolte coleslaw with it and uh man uh, we had it during a wild game feed at our uh our annual family wild game feed and they turned out really good man that sounds awesome mm -hmm. yeah Really so what's I'm the right way to, to cook one of those things? You got to oh, slow man. and slow or just like a chicken? Everything that I, I just brought home all ground meat out of it. Okay. So no steaks or breasts. Their breasts oh, actually, yeah, easy. Yeah. Yeah, their breasts are probably the size of a dollar bill, way smaller than a wild turkey. Really? really? Yeah. Real small. Huh. Wow. Wouldn't expect that. I guess, I guess they'd have bigger drumsticks and 
bigger wings. But it was a unique, it was a unique hunt because I um I ended up shooting it. I that that was the dominant male. I shot it. That's what we then, all say. Yeah. <laughs> Dave told us he got. Yeah. So I shot it and as it's Dave running off, bigger than yours. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a measurement for Rhea. <laughs> we'll just say it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I shot it, it ran off, and all of the other males started attacking it while it was dead, while it was dying. No. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty crazy. cool to watch. There's my hog right there. Yeah. That little son of a gun. That I shot a- that thing, dude. And uh Justin's like, get back in the stand because it like they like came back. I thought they were gonna like kill me. That was, was a pretty, pretty uh pretty fun couple days, man. Yeah, this is some of the stuff we saw when we were there. It was just incredible. This summer, there's the inside. That was fun. Wow. Good memories there. Yeah. We worked a lot on those tables, didn't we? Yeah. Man, some of the, <laughs> like. Look at that buck the, in the back. Yeah. On the wall. Holy cow. They got a swimming pool. Now. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I heard they put that in. Yeah. Man, you swayed, did Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. There's a, We both took this picture in different times. I got you in it, and you got me in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that looks familiar. yeah this is a cool shot man this is a really cool and you, did you shoot did an odd ad too i did yeah that's come up but look at this guy oh tim kent what a what a <laughs> what an american hero right there he is an american <laughs> hero look at him yeah we had him on the show last week it was so funny yeah that was He's the business talk business talk yeah all these guys are great man this guy was a writer uh that's the grandview media i think president or something yep. very high up yep. uh it was cool it was a good yep. time had a blast beautiful man. sunset oh there it is there it is the old dad. Oh, the ck slam baby <laughs> i forgot about that yeah we CK got all slam. pumped up we're all pumped up by like ck slam the funny part is these guys dude these guys are all like you're not gonna kill anything you're gonna miss under the pressure blah blah we thought, blah. Yeah, we thought you were next thing you know Sure. Nice thing, you know, four hard, hard shots, four animals like coming back, like yeah, man. Outs coming, meats coming. It's unbelievable. I don't That's know what happen. happened when he got to Texas because it doesn't happen in Michigan. That way. <laughs> yeah, we definitely lost that. Bat. You want to know why they didn't? They didn't have Fortnite down there. <laughs> before I played in Texas. He was at the apex, and now the curve is flat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice, there, you nice. there you go. So, so listen, we've all been to hunt camp with Dave, right? Right. We all know when Dave gets a little bit tipsy, he gets a little bit stupid. So, any anything stupid that you missed from Dave down there? You know, it's funny you say that because <laughs> typically people say that about me. <laughs> I think we were on the same level the whole time, so he yeah. really didn't stick out of a crowd. No, because I was probably on the same level. Nice. So he, did, he didn't run in naked, you know, anything no, like that. No, no this was a business. I, this was a business trip, right? We had to bring yeah. our professional selves. We did too. I yeah. thought we did a really good job. Yeah, we held it together. Yeah, we didn't miss our shots. You know, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> that I was fun, man. Have to leave you. Okay. It was a good time. It was, it, really it was, was fun though. It was, it was fun. You know, I, it kind of changed my whole outlook on high fence operations. Right. Yeah. I remember listening to your show about that. It was actually a really good podcast. Those, those comments, everything you guys talked about you and Mark, uh, yeah. really good, but go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of these things where it's definitely for some people, it's definitely 
not for some people. And um, I mean, I had a, I had a fun time meeting people going out and experience experiencing a new culture, a new way of hunting, uh, how they do it down there. And is it something that I would probably do again? Maybe um, probably not on my own dime. I mean, there's so yeah. many other things that yeah. I want to do. It's uh, very expensive. Right. Yeah. There's other things that I want to do uh, that don't include that style of hunting that, um, you know, it may be like, hell, if my, if my wife says, I want to go shoot this animal or, or, you know, my stepdad or my dad, as they get older, that maybe I'll take them to an, uh, something like that. Wait, she wants to shoot your stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it, it's one of those things where the opportunities, man, they're, they are definitely, they're definitely there. And especially when the feeder is 10 yards in front of you. Yeah. yeah oh for now sure that, now that makes a lot of sense Dave. Now that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> i tell you what I, I, there was a lot of things i loved about that trip obviously the camaraderie part was the best for me like yeah. hanging out with you and everybody there that was so much fun obviously hunting on someone else's dime was a lot of fun too because i didn't really have to worry about anything or think about it which right. made it different i can't explain it. like since you were going there and you were invited as a guest and you didn't have to pay any money, I felt like it was a different feeling than any sort of pressure that you were oh, to yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to lose five grand if I miss this shot or if I hit it yeah. high. So I, I took all that away. And then the other part I loved about it, to be honest, was the business aspect. I really enjoyed talking to other people in the industry on top of like meeting yourself and all the other guys, yep. which I need to have, on, we should have a, we should have a show just like a, you know, everybody back in one spot. So a, a reunion, fun. a reunion, <laughs> Zoom a reunion. Yeah. But um, you know, <clears throat> sitting down in that back room and having them sit there and, sh and, and, and show us the new muzzy products, the new rage products, the new stuff that no one's seen, but yeah. us, that was just really exciting. There was just a lot of like, I don't know, just a lot of happiness for me to, to be able to see these things before anybody that they trusted us to come to this thing and pay the amount of money. I'm sure they pay for us to be there yeah. on top of letting us see all these cool things that aren't even still aren't even out yet. Some of them, yeah. you know, some of the stuff that I saw, but it really, really cool. Yeah. Hey, Brian, did you catch that? He said the pressure, I might shoot it in the eye. No, I didn't hear him. Well, hear him. <laughs> hey, I had a quick question, Dan. Um, in Iowa, do you have your own land or do you have uh, are you do you hunt publicly? I hunt, be careful. Uh, be careful what you say here. He's searching for an answer. <laughs> no, I'm not. You got an <laughs> Iowa tag in your pocket this year? No, or I don't. No, I'm just curious. I'm just no, curious. Um, majority of the property that I hunt is knock on door permission. I don't own oh, any cool. land. Um, I've just developed relationships with the landowners throughout the years and uh, it's Iowa, I think, is 49, if not 50, in the amount of public access in the entire nation. So we have very, I mean, we have some, but compared to other states, we have very little public ground to hunt. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hunt in Iowa, you can go to that public land and hunt which is few and far between, you're going to be stacked on top of uh, people just like you are pretty much anywhere else uh, in the country. Right. Or you, or you learn how to knock on doors and communicate with landowners. And I'll tell you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I could knock on a, a lot of doors and gain a lot of permission in Iowa these days. That's very hard to do. Yeah. And why is that people leasing it or something? It's just, 
it's just the cat's out of the bag for Iowa, you know, right, um, right. people know that if you manage your land proper properly, you're going to get a crack at a big deer. And, uh, now, you know, as there, there's a transition that I feel is going on in Iowa right now, where the people who actually worked the land over the years are getting to the point where they're having to go to nursing homes or they're passing away, which means right. that they're Sell having to sit to their kids it's getting you know getting given to their kids they're either cash renting it or leasing it for income or they're selling it to somebody and that person whoever's buying it is going to a buy it for recreation and they're hunting it which displaces a lot of hunters in iowa or they're gonna their their own family is gonna hunt it so yeah Yeah, that seems to happen a lot yeah. I know in Michigan, we have, we have a lot of public land and I'd never really, I don't know, Brian, if you agree with me, but I, I never really felt we've had that much pressure where we hunted when we did hunt. The only right. problem is the deer have never been that big. You know, it's pretty much like you're going to be going after an 80 mean, inch to 100 inch buck. I mean, you're not right. going to get anything. It's like, if you're going for meat, it's fine. It's still a lot of work. And now with the new baiting laws in Michigan, it makes it way harder to even get a deer on state land. Um, it's not as simple as, I mean, you have to really just hunt trails. There's no like food for them or anything. I mean, you, you can't get too close to people's farms because obviously it's illegal too. But so the population it, of bow hunters or hunters in general in Michigan is like top three in the United States, right? In Iowa, correct. we're lucky. We still have that lower population. Um, but what we're running into is non, uh, and this isn't everywhere, you know, the, the Mecca of iowa is that those southern counties right along south of interstate 80 is when people out of state come they buy the land and they only hunt it a handful of times in a three-year four-year period whenever they can draw their bow tag and what's that what that's doing is it's displacing locals and we're left to you know go find other other property and luckily i still have um some really good uh you know some really good property left to hunt Cool. What's uh? What's your biggest buck that you got in Iowa? Um, you know, let's see. I think it was two years ago. If if you're talking just about score, it's it was like one fifty four, a one fifty four nine pointer. Nice. But uh, every buck I have on my wall, aside from one that snuck up on me, they're all four years or four year olds or older. Um, wow. You know, all mature deer. Pretty. Oh, that's cool. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. All all over Pope and Young, I guess. I'm not a, I'm not a measure guy. The only, honestly, the only deer that I shot or that I measured was this one. And I measured it because of peer pressure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Are there a lot of coyotes in uh, Iowa? I tell you what, last year, not, not this past, not 2019, but 2018, I had a trail camera picture with 12 coyotes in one picture and it, it affected the deer on my farm in a major way uh, in 2018 but this year something happened and hardly any coyotes on trail camera pictures so i don't know if they they the coyotes kind of got overpopulated in that area then redistributed because they ate all of you know or maybe uh, a hunter came in during uh coyote season and, and cleaned house or what the deal was but this year the uh the coyote numbers seem to be down from not only tree stand observation, but uh, um, trail camera trail pictures camera. as well. Nice. Cool. So Dan, tell us I, some more about, about the show. 
Nine Finger Chronicles. So, I mean, what can the viewers expect that want to come listen to the podcast? Like, what kind of, what kind of, what is it about? Like, um, you know, it's like, what, who's the, some of the guests that have been on it? You know, I love talking to anybody about anything, really. Um, I mean, we've, we've had the quote unquote big names on, you know, the, the, the hunting personalities, the, the quote unquote celebrities on the podcast, but I'll be honest with you. I can't relate to how they hunt. So I don't have really anything in common with them. You know, I I may sit here and talk about how I'm a mobile hunter and running gun. I I hunt a little bit on public. I, you know, or I go out West and I hunt on a, uh, you know, public DIY backcountry mule deer hunt or whatever. And those people are kind of, uh, oh, well, we go to an outfitter and we stay in a lodge and we take a four wheeler and we get off of it and we shoot an animal. Or, you know, I have a thousand acres of private ground that I heavily managed and that's how I hunt, whatever. I, I can't relate to those people. So I like talking to, I guess, what you would call the average Joes of the world, uh, like hearing their stories. I like hearing how they are are successful. I like talking with conservation people who run conservation organizations. I like talking to people about things like mushroom hunting or, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the age now where it's almost like magazines, right? And no offense to other people in podcasting because I do the same thing, but how many times can you listen to a podcast or read an article in a magazine about ways to kill a buck in the rut? Right. I mean, yeah. it just, things just start to go in the same direction and they go in uh, uh, almost an annual routine. So I like talking with nobodies who have been successful. And if they're consistently successful, that makes it even better because I feel like anybody who tells a story has some principles that they use to become successful that are worth sharing to everybody else. That's cool. Well, sure. you're talking to the right crew here. Not, not that I'm consistent <laughs> by any means, but I'm definitely a nobody. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, though. I mean, the celebrity hunters, I mean, everyone thinks that they're the best hunters out there, but really opportunities that they have, it's uh, just not even, not even the same. You know? Not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they don't work hard right. because there yeah. is, they you know, sweat. yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's two, oh, yeah, they there's, a lot of time. They, there's two different types of hunters. If you ask me, and it depends on when when they do their work. I feel like there is the preseason person who they do all their work planting food plots. They do the habitat management. They do all those things. So when it's time to hunt, they can get in a tree stand and wait for the deer to come by. And then there is, you know, then there's probably a mixture of both. But then there's the other guy who is the go get them, right? I can't plant food plots. I don't own land. I can't afford a lease. I can't do, you know. I, I do go on my Western hunts because that's what I'm into right now, all DIY, but I'm the go and get them, do my own yeah. sweat during the season type of hunter. And um, that's what I like listening to. That's that's those are the stories that I like. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I guess uh, for all of us, I don't know. I, I don't consider us like diehard hunters. And when it comes to like bow hunting, I, I mean, I love bow hunting. And what I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't, I don't personally hunt for horns that much, to be honest. I'm yeah. more of a meat hunter. So like for me, 
you know, I'll do some of that work you're mentioning, like the food plots will go out, but it's, for me, it's more about hanging out with like, say, Jamie, if we go out and do a food plot, it's fun. We're just having a good time. Right. A food plot in, putting right. a stand up. We listen, try patterning. Listen to me swear just... a trail camera for about two hours. <laughs> you guys, this guy tries to set up a trail camera in the field, like literally on his phone, trying to link it like, you know, for like web, whatever. So I can right. send over your phone. He is dropping like 30 F-bombs a minute. Going nuts. I mean, he is like, what the hell is this? He's like literally almost threw it one time. I'm like, you need to. I'm like, and I'm just laughing, filming him from a distance. The only thing better than that is when he tried to pull that arrow out, sword in the stone. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I'll say that link, Dan. It's so funny. He shoots his target in the wintertime. It wouldn't come out, you know, because it's like frozen target. And he just, he's like, what is this? The freaking sword in the stone? He's just trying to get it out. Yeah, you didn't tell me you were filming that. That's the best, though, Boom. You're the best when you're not knowing what you're being filmed. That's the best. No, but like, I, you know, for me, I'll go sit in a tree stand. Like, so that's the thing. I do like listening to some of the diehard bow hunters that um, go after the horns because it is a different type of hunter. You have to be in a different mindset to go after a big buck and specifically for a specific big buck or, you know, one in the same range, but going for them. And you'll hear that time and time again from some of the major hunters uh, in, in the industry alone. Some RTV people that have their own land that actually hunt for specific bucks and they have done a lot of work um, like the Lindsay way, those guys, I mean, they're pretty much working hard. Like I talked to them in the podcast there. Now I agree with you. Some of the other celebrities are more like, the outfitter this the outfitter that you know what i mean so they're going there they're doing the work they're going with an outfitter who puts them on the animal they shoot it they film all this amazing stuff dude when i was in ohio and i'm not going to name names because i don't do that but when i was in ohio with my buddy ron we were hunting an outfitter first time we've ever done it in our lives and one of the experiences we had while we were there and it, it wasn't like a hand-me-down like you're getting a deer for sure it was in ohio it was hard hunting i we hunted the hardest i've ever hunted in my life trying to get one of these bucks but what happened the week before we got there is a TV show came in. They shot this buck. They didn't find it. 170, wasn't it? 170? It was a 170-inch buck in Ohio. They didn't find it. They left. And then the guy was telling us about it, right? The guy, he's like, the guy owns a place. He's like, oh, yeah, they came in. And so they ended up, he ended up finding the deer. The guy owns it, finishing the deer that was wounded. And then they flew back on a plane to film an outro with it is that even legal i have no idea i have no idea what it was they did if it's legal not legal i don't know i guess it depends who's tagged it realistically i don't know man. Well, then but, he asked them he asked them if he wanted the deer right and they said no nah, you can keep it no you keep it it's Remember? a business buck it's a 170 <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on? But those are the people that drive me nuts in this industry and always have. And they're always looked at like at the top chain of people, you know, it's like, seriously, it's because they got money. I will, I will say this. I'm not judge. I don't, I don't. And I feel like obligated because everybody says this whenever we start talking about different varieties of hunters, I, I am the kind of person where if it feels good, do it. If you want to go and hunt with an outfitter, Go hunt with an outfitter. I I honestly don't care. Uh, if you want to if you want to focus on inches, and if you feel that inches of antler make you happy, hey man, best best of luck to you. Right, I'm not that kind of person. But what I what really drives me crazy is when people use inches of antlers to determine how successful a hunter is, 
Yeah. And there's no coral, there's zero correlation there. Mm -hmm. it, 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 that kind of drives me bananas. And, and unfortunately, and as you know, and as all you guys know, if someone posts a picture of a big buck, it gets more likes, it gets more visits. Yeah. And that's where the hunting industry is kind of revolved around. Yep. Right. And uh, to be honest with you, that's why I am not a fan of scoring my own deer because I you know, don't get me wrong. I love big antler deer, but I don't think that a score needs to dictate the experience. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Well, I mean, it really well, is about, you know, supporting the industry and people just getting out. And I think, you know, we, we see too many times the, the haters and the trolls, you know, on the internet, you know, it, it's not about how big your buck was. It's not about how you, how you did it versus how I did it crossbow versus compound all that kind of stuff it's the fact that we have an industry that we're supporting that we love and it's about just getting outdoors and promoting that life absolutely oh sorry i'm sorry tim i hear your picture up my bad let me try to get this off the screen i don't know what happened what the heck <laughs> tim it's tim i'm trying to get it off i don't that was in college sorry tim sorry about that that's cute buddy <laughs> they, they were, those were those are the experimental years <laughs> i mean you gotta try you gotta try everything once yeah. right cool. you're good you're good nowadays bud go with it you're allowed to do I, that nowadays it's, I, I identify as a vegan there you go <laughs> oh my gosh all right dan so, well anything else any other questions guys for dan yeah no so i, I just what, what's what's 2020 bringing you here I know, I know, I know. We got the, the whole the virus the coming on, but yeah. <laughs> let's say that all ends. Fall season comes around. What do you got going on? Yeah, man. So, you know, the first thing I feel like it, once this whole coronavirus ends, I'm gonna go outside for like six weeks straight. I'll probably <laughs> live in a tent. Um, get my kids out to some state parks, do some camping, drop them off at the grandparents for a couple weeks. And, you know, me and the wife can go do some stuff for make another kid. Yeah, we got Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Nope. Come on now. Stop that talk. Man up, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I got a mule deer hunt in South Dakota in October. Uh, I'm, I'm bypassing my annual elk hunt this year. I'm going to save a little money. I turned 40 in November. So I am, Man. I'm going to save, I'm going to do my 40th year fairly big and I'm cashing in about uh, 2021. I'm going to cash in seven Wyoming elk points, preference points. So nice. the goal is to do it big, maybe do an antelope hunt in 2021, but 2020 is a Michigan deer hunt, believe it or not nice no joke you, wait uh, come up with mark or something yeah mark Kenyon peer pressured me into coming oh up. no way <laughs> yep along i made this awesome i made where this where, where's that gonna be i don't know uh somewhere in michigan not oh the, you gotta let not, us know not upper michigan but like lower michigan closer to ohio i think oh where to be nice yeah so uh, jackson so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting pointers from people. I, I'm doing some e-scouting. I'm basically going to show up opening day and just hunt three days and then come back to Iowa. Opening day gun or bow? Bow. Oh, yeah. Is so this first, a place Mark has? No, it's, I'm going to do it on public. I, and I'll tell you why I've had, since I've mentioned this to people, I've had 
tons of people say, Hey dude, come hunt my property, come hunt my, but I hear people and I hate to say it, but I, I hear people in Michigan bitch about public land so much that I want to hunt Michigan public land just so I can say I've done it. There's a lot of good hunting. On I got a place to send yeah. you. Yeah. The, the, so, the, yeah. A lot of the stuff they bitch about is the stuff that's overrun, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, the so, stuff where we go, there's not a lot of people. Yeah. So that's why it's, it's different depending on where you go. Where I, Brian would, and I, go. I wouldn't gun hunt in a lot of spots around here. <laughs> yeah, definitely not gun. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh South Dakota mule deer hunt in October. I'm gonna do that Michigan hunt in October, and then I'm gonna uh you know spend the rest of the time in Iowa doing uh doing whitetail stuff. Doing here. Iowa. Yep. And yeah. uh that South Dakota trip is that? Uh, did you do a drawing or? or... Nope. Well, it's a it's not a drawing, but it's a guaranteed tag. You have to put your name in, but it's a guaranteed tag right now. Is so that, it's bow. Bow. Yep. Archery. And yep. Uh, where are you hunting? Because I've hunted South Dakota a few times. Are you west of the Missouri or? Yeah, way west. We're we're probably fifty miles from the Wyoming border. Okay. So oh yeah, that's a nice area. Yeah. So we're, we're just to the East of the, what the black Hills. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, and then I'm going to try to uh, fit in as much fishing and other outdoor activities as humanly possible. Now you're going to think I'm crazy, but today I talked with a lady from the Iowa uh, board of conservation and I am going to try to go out and collect food to eat from the forest. I'm, I'm going to give it a try just because I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm bored or maybe I just want to try something different, but like we you going to film this endeavor. I don't, I might try. I don't know. GoPro. Yeah. You're gonna film yeah. But in like, case you die, I mean, just yeah. so you're going to be left something. <laughs> so we know what happened. Don't forget the movie. Uh, what was it called where the guy went out to the wilderness? Oh, into the and wild, into the wild. And he yeah. ate the one wrong thing and died. Yeah. So be yep. careful. So that's going to be me here did you, you ever watch that show alone <laughs> so it's it's people they drop off in the middle of nowhere there's 10 oh yeah when they try to survive. it's great the ones yeah. that, the ones that do good are the ones that know like plants and stuff like that yeah. what to eat what like the, hip, to the eat. hippie ladies oh yeah, yeah. it's impressive yeah. i wish mm -hmm. i had more of that skill how are you uh learning to do that are you just looking on the internet or what are well, you doing? I'm, I'm gonna buy a book before i go out and start eating handfuls of poison ivy yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get a book as a resource and uh, look, you know, kind of look what what there is in spring and summer and fall. I guess from what this lady told me, there's a lot of stuff that you can take advantage of. Oh yeah. 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 When when I first started getting into it, like you, you don't realize all the different edible plants that are out there. It's great, especially in the springtime. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Like spring yeah. onion, spring onions, and the fern tops and mushrooms yeah. and. This careful, in Iowa, careful in Iowa, you eat that farmer's corn, he might shoot you though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss, be missing some teeth. But uh, <laughs> the, the lady, the, this lady that I talked to today, she was talking about dandelions the way I talk about whitetails. She was fired up yeah. about them oh and it got God. me fired up about them. So I'm going to go out and I don't know. Make some maybe, wine. Yeah, I don't know. I'll do something with them. My grandma oh, used to do that cool. though. Yeah, yep. dandelions. So my grandpa, I was just gonna say that. Yep, we Italian. That was Italian thing. Yeah, it sure was. She put in like oil and garlic and garlic oil, like salt and pepper. I think. 
That was, it was it. very simple. Yeah, no, that's right. Balsamic vinegar, um, oil, salt, and pepper. That's exactly how we did. She this paid lady, me to go collect them like a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> this lady was telling me that uh, she's like, forget lettuce on a BLT. You just got to get those dandelions in there. So I'm going to give, I think I'll give that a try. There you that's go. Awesome. All right, Dan, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Knife Finger Chronicles, check it out where you get your podcasts. Um, and, you know, I almost forgot, Dan, you still have, hold on a minute. I don't want to forget the, uh, what's the, what's your website called though? It's uh, Sportsman Nation or something? Yeah, Sportsman's Nation. It's a, it's a podcast network that um, holds my podcast and like 13 other podcasts under the Sportsman's Nation umbrella. It's like, We've been at it now for just about two years, maybe a little bit more, uh, where it's just like, it's, it's think of the outdoor channel, but of podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. That's what I was going to say. I remember you, I remember you telling me about when we were, uh, traveling in Texas there. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check that out guys. When you get time. You I'll, I'll put the link in the comments because, uh, you definitely want to see that because there's a ton of different content on there for hunting. There's uh, tons of different shows and uh, tons of videos. So pretty cool. So, anything else, guys, for Dan? No, thank you. It was awesome no, talking to you. Nice talking to you, Dan. Stay safe, man. Stay safe. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, Dan. I'll see you next time, man. Thank you. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.